0: Amen. You may be seated. The knowledge of the Lord, the glory of the Lord, will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. As you know, or maybe you don't know, but um, typically the like the last Sunday of December or the first Sunday in January, I'll try to preach a message that is looking forward into the coming year and have some challenge for us in the coming year. And that's what this this message is today. We're we're just going to look at one verse and draw some challenge and encouragement from, from that one verse. And then next next Lord's Day, I promise we will be back in Romans and we will look at Romans 8.28. And uh, that's a that's a big verse as well. But we will. Our normal habit is to preach through books of the Bible, and we're in the midst of a study in Romans. Love to have you be part of that as well. But today we're gonna just briefly look at uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 31. In a section where Paul is warning against idolatry and he kind of gives us a summary challenge here in this verse in the end of this section, Um, I'll encourage you to go read uh, the rest of the chapter, but we're going to look at this one verse this morning. So as as he's summing up, at least in this section, in this challenge in, in, in the church of Corinth in this letter, he says this, so... See that word of conclusion. Whether you eat or drink, and then we're going to sum everything else up, or whatever you do, nothing is left out. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Let's pray together. Lord, we know from... Your word, we know from summaries of what your word teaches. We know from Shorter Catechism number one that our chief purpose in this life is to glorify and enjoy you. Enjoy you. We can only do that because of your grace. Rested in Christ, the awesome truth that we are forgiven and cleansed from all of our sin, that we are clothed by faith in Christ's righteousness, that we are adopted into Your family all through union with Christ, that we are justified and being sanctified, and someday we will be glorified. But Lord, sometimes we lose focus. We get our eyes down and we we get stuck in our trials and the 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 circumstances of our life and we get stuck so help us to reboot help us to refocus help us to remember what our chief purpose is And just draw that challenge and encouragement from this one verse of Your Word that we might be focused and dedicated to following You, Lord Jesus, and living for the glory of God. So help me, Lord, to speak Your Word. Help us to hear Your Word. Help us to be confronted and converted if we don't know Christ, and help us to be challenged and strengthened and refocused, sanctified if we do. Bless the preaching and the hearing of Your Word. May the Spirit attend powerfully and use Your Word in our lives. We trust You for it. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Bullseye. Whether darts or archery or shooting, bullseye is the dead center. And it indicates a perfect shot. If you shoot much, I don't care what you shoot. And especially if you shoot a little, hitting the bullseye doesn't happen very often for most of us. But the ones who do hit the bullseye often, we know that's a result of a lot of work, of a lot of practice to get good at shooting. See, a fundamental fact is to hit the bullseye regularly, this is going to be really deep. You have to aim at it. Imagine being with someone shooting and they're just doing this. Are they going to hit the bullseye? Probably not, but they're probably going to hit you. Hitting the bullseye regularly, you, you, you have to be aiming at it. And to hit it consistently, you have to have a good technique and a steady hand and put in lots of practice aiming. You learn how to shoot properly. And then you practice shooting properly. All the while aiming at the bullseye. Well, today is not a sermon about shooting. You can relax. But it is a sermon about aiming. Aiming at the glory of God. Seeking to put into practice what we see there that is so challenging in verse 31. Listen, we don't hit what we don't aim at. It's an old saying, aim at nothing and you hit it every time. So I have a question for you this morning. What are you aiming at? What are you aiming at? What are you diligently aiming at in your life? So today is a challenge for the coming year and the rest of our lives, really. Make this a year of aiming at the glory of God. You say, how do I do that? Well, I'm going to try to tell you, at least give some suggestions here. That's why I titled this Aiming at Glory. From the text 1 Corinthians 10.31 as he's summing up this section of warning against idolatry and concluding it with, with, a, with a, a challenge that, that we, whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, do most things to the glory of God. Is that what it says? I'm trying to keep you all awake. I know it's been a, there's been a lot of bad food you've eaten over the holidays that might try to put you to sleep. In case you didn't know it, this is not a bunkhouse. It's not time to sleep. Give yourself a good slap if you need to and listen up. Make this your theme verse this year if you need a theme verse. But think about this. Don't just think about this this morning. Get up in the morning thinking about this. That whatever I do is to be first and foremost driven by glorifying God. That's going to cut a lot of stuff out of your life that causes you to struggle. If we can't do it to the glory of God, guess what? We don't need to do it. And whatever we do, we need to be focused on doing it to God's glory. So the main point, aim at God's glory by... See, I'm going to try to give you some suggestions... Some suggestions. Joyfully keeping God's Word in the power of the Spirit with patient persistence. Aim at God's glory by joyfully keeping God's Word in the power of the Spirit with patient persistence. First, let me read that verse again and we'll say, Aim at glory by by obeying God's Word. And that's really the verse that we're, we're sort of looking at and trying to see a little more about how we, we can do that this morning. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. What does that mean? Well, Calvin helps us. He says, God has prescribed for us a way in which He will be glorified by us, namely piety. Piety. And he tells us what he means by that. Which consists in obedience to our feelings. Obedience to His Word. That's true piety. Joyful obedience to God's Word out of love for Him. Obedience to His Word. He that exceeds these bounds does not go about to honor God, but rather to dishonor Him. So boiling it all the way down that the way that we are to glorify God is to be joyfully keeping his word out of love for him. Edwards put it had a little quote for us I put here. From time to time in scripture embracing and practicing true religion and repenting of sin and turning to holiness is expressed by glorifying God as though that were the sum and end of the whole matter. So, true religion. Listen, let's get over something. Y'all have heard me say this before. Is Christianity a religion? Yes. Stop telling people you're not religious. You don't practice religion. You just have a relationship. If you have a relationship with God, you're part of the true religion. True and undefiled religion is this, James says. That we minister to orphans, so we need to get over that. But here, other words, is telling us that true religion consists of repenting of sin and turning to holiness. How do we know how to do that? Through the Word of God. So the fundamental truth we want to draw this morning is the Christian life. What is the Christian life? It's, you know, it's, this is a big summary. The Christian life is this. Growing and joyfully glorifying God by keeping His word out of love for Him. Growing and joyfully glorifying God by keeping His word out of love for Him. John told us in 1 John, this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments and His commandments are not burdensome. In other words, it's not grudgingly that we keep His commandments. I'll do it. Oh my. I wish I didn't have to. No, when God works in our hearts, we have the heart like the psalmist that says, Oh, how I love your law. My desire is to keep your word, your law. So the Christian life, the true Christian life is growing and joyful, glorifying God by keeping his word out of love. Listen, it's not keeping his word so that he will love us. It's keeping His Word out of love for Him because He has loved us first. That's a gracious keeping of His Word. Many of us were raised in legalistic environments where we were given the impression that in order for God to love us, we had to do all this stuff. That's not Christianity. Okay? That's legalism. If if your holiness is limited to what you don't watch and what you don't smoke and who you don't hang out with, you're a legalist. Get over it, look to Christ, rest in His grace, and, and get a new heart so that you'll really desire to live for His glory. Christian life is growing and joyfully glorifying God by keeping His Word out of love for Him. That's one thing I remember. And I was, There are a lot of benefits, but there are a lot of disadvantages to being converted later in life. I was 26 years old when I was converted, so I brought a lot of sinful baggage in with me. But one thing I remember is suddenly I had a desire for His Word. I knew nothing about it. I mean, John 3.16 at a football game meant nothing to me. I didn't know what that said. But suddenly I had this desire for the Word. And we're reading the Word together and we're like, wow, talking about the Word. We wanted to know where before we didn't want to know. We just wanted to go our own way and be left alone. Suddenly there's conviction and faith and a desire for His Word. I hope you have a desire for His Word this morning because the Christian life is growing in glorifying God by keeping His Word out of love for Him. To keep it, we must do what? We must know it. Don't, you have to, if you're going to keep something, you have to know it, right? Listen, if you punish your kids for, keep, for not keeping rules you didn't tell them about, That's bad. Right? If we're going to keep something, we need to know what it is. And to know it, we must read it. So if we just casually read it, we'll know it. See, that's the thing I don't want you to do as we're picking reading plans and all of this over this next year. Don't read it just to check it off. I'd rather you didn't read it if you're going to do that. And don't feel pressured to read Professor Horner's plan of ten chapters a day if that's not your pace. It won't make you cool, and it might fry your brain. You might be able to do that, but don't put that border, that that uh, hurdle in front of others, right? What I want you to do is be in God's Word, reading it and being able to think about what you're reading. That's meditating on it, right? So we need to read it and we need to hide it in our heart so we can meditate on it so we can remember it. Remember to keep it, we have to know it. and Obviously we have to remember it. The Christian life is life in the Word. Jesus said, Sanctify them by your truth. Your Word is truth. And, and ideally it's not cafeteria style truth. You get a little bit over here and a little bit over here, and you put it together and you make it say what you want it to say. It's the word rightly interpret- interpreted. So we must, if we're going to know it, we must read it, memorize it, meditate on it, so we can keep it. And listen, one thing that helps us with that is to talk to one another about it. So as you're, as you're picking a reading plan this week, try to pick one that your spouse is doing too, or your kids are doing too, or some group is doing too, so that you can read and talk about it together fellowship around the word and Christ. We need the first way we're aiming at glory is by obeying God's word and if we're going to obey it we have to have it in our heart. And I gave this to you for a memory verse this week to make it a little easier. But Colossians 3:16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Lavishly. Overflowingly. And that, again, that, 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 there, that is a command in the original. You let the Word. It doesn't mean you take your Bible. I heard stupid things in my life. It doesn't mean you take your Bible and put it under your pillow and sleep on it. Do <laughs> you know it won't soak in that way? Right? I've actually heard people say that. No, we, we, we know it by reading it. Well, I'm not a reader. You know what? If you're converted, you're a reader. You might not be a good reader, and it might take some practice and some work to get back into reading, to maybe get off Twitter where everything's in a little bit of paragraph like that. You're, you know you're being inocul- inoculated against reading if, if you see a whole page of text and you're like, oh. You're laughing because you've experienced that. Because we're getting trained to have little sound bites be all that we want to see. Just give me a little summary. Well, He did. (laughs) Believe it or not, this is a little summary. Of our infinite God who is gracious and has sacrificed His Son for us. We need to retrain ourselves to read. And parents, when we're raising our kids, we need to train them to read. Don't expect them to want to read it first. unless Maybe you started when they were in the womb and that's all they've ever known. But if this is a course correction, let them cry. Because it won't be easy. I'm sorry, honey, we should have done this a long time ago, but we're going to become readers. Because God wouldn't have given us a book if He wasn't able to enable us to read it. And to grow by it. And it's a bad sign if we don't have a heart that wants it. That wants to know God. It's a bad sign if we don't have that heart. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. And if you need help with that, we'll help you with that. But This is why we challenge you every week to have a memory verse. The catechism questions have no authority or power in and of themselves. They're just summaries of what the Bible teaches. Right? It helps us memorize what the Bible is teaching. It helps us witness then. It helps us teach our kids. It helps us rest in grace. But the Word, the authority is the Word. And hopefully we have a heart. But I think, I think we try to reboot ourselves on all sorts of things on January the 1st, don't we? I'm going to make a resolution that I'm not eating any more candy bars this year. You know you're not going to do that. You're probably going to miss that today. But there's, y'all, listen to me. There's no power in January the 1st. I go to the gym and work out here in Swansboro. And, and this week, there's going to be a pile of people in that gym. Yeah, and next week, there's going to be a few less. And next week, there's going to be a few less. And by the middle of February, it's just the regular guys who've been, been going there all the time. Because you know what? It's hard. Losing those donuts is hard. <laughs> and it takes dedication and work. Sometimes Bible study is hard. And it takes dedication and work. But the places that are hard call us to cry out to God even more that we might rightly interpret His Word. Don't expect to understand everything the first time you read through the Bible. Or the 100th time you read through the Bible. Or the 7,000th time you read through... Well, I've outstripped us there, but... Just pick up a piece as you go through, right? You'll learn something every time you read. Calvin says this. This is the, the, the important part. He says in regard to this, I offer Thee my heart, Lord, promptly and sincerely. Is that how you came to faith? Offering the Lord your heart. Right? Trusting Him. Receiving Him. And that's how we grow too. We go on a daily basis. Lord, I offer. And you don't have to say these exact words, but that's what we're doing. Here's my heart. Because my life flows out of my heart. Cleanse my heart. Cleanse me. Fill me with Your Spirit. And then fill me with Your Word that I might joyfully seek to glorify You. So come in faith and offer your heart to growing grace. And see, this, this is how we stay focused lest we wonder, right? I mean, we sing this all the time. We confess it and it's true. Prone to wonder. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. So Lord, here's my heart. Let that stick out when you sing it. Here's my heart, Lord. Take and seal it seal it for thy courts above. So the first way and the first thing we're highlighting is aiming at the glory of God by obeying God's word. Aim at His glory by keeping His word. Number two. Never again say I'm not able to do that. Because Aim at glory by depending upon God's Spirit. Everything He calls us to do, He empowers us to do. Now yes, it might be a struggle to do, but we don't want to do anything that's not easy in the Christian life, do we? Where do we get that? In this world you will have trouble. Count it all joy when you encounter various trials. When I walk through, I mean, there's proper expectations are necessary. Here's what I want to say to you. If you're a Christian... You have the necessary power to glorify God. In Christ, we have everything we need for life and godliness through a true knowledge of Him through His Word, including the Spirit of the living God. Look in Ephesians 1, you say, Well, I don't know about that. Look in Ephesians 1, th- there are no Christians who don't have the Spirit of God. Don't listen to people who tell you that might be a possibility. Here's what what Ephesians says, 1, 13 and 14. In Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Wait, stop. What is the gospel of our salvation? The good news of our salvation. What is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes? It's the gospel. It's the good news about Jesus all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We have all broken his law and thought word indeed. We deserve curse and condemnation by a holy God. And yet his son came to live for us as the lamb of God, perfectly, spotlessly righteous. Thought word indeed. Deserved only blessing. Yet he took our curse upon himself on the cross. Scripture says he died for our sins according to the Scriptures. That means Old Testament prediction, by the way. That He was buried and He was raised the third day, according to the Scriptures. This is how God loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes into Him, whosoever trusts in Him, shall not perish, which is what we deserve. We deserve cursing. We deserve condemnation. We deserve hell. Shall not perish, but have ever... Lasting life, real life, true life, spiritual life. So when you heard the gospel of your salvation, Ephesians 1.13, and believed in Him, and you trusted, are you trusting in Christ and Christ alone this morning for your salvation? It's the only way. And Paul says, when you believed in Him, this is true of you, when you believed in Him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire the possession of it to the praise of His glory. You're indwelt by the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. The same power that spoke the universe into existence and upholds the universe. The same power that will see this gospel go around the world so that the knowledge of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. The same power that empowered Jesus to live for us and die for us and raise from the grave is the same power at work in you. You want cash checks on an account you don't believe you have. So I'm telling you this morning, your account is fat with power because the Spirit indwells you. The Spirit of Christ indwells you. And He empowers you for what? What the Spirit's going to do if I have the Holy Spirit is help me show off, make me comfortable, and give me a lot of stuff. No, the Holy Spirit's going to make me like Jesus through His Word. He's going to cut off like a master sculptor everything He's going to take away, everything that doesn't look like Jesus one, one piece at a time. Thankfully, He doesn't dump the whole truck on us at once. Conforming us into the image of Christ is what the Spirit does. You are empowered to grow in being like Jesus, not being God. Being what you are created to be. As a creature of God, a human, a man or a woman, a boy or a girl, and yes, those are still categories that apply. You, you might feel like you're a turtle, but you're not. Okay? God created you. You have a certain DNA that defines you. I know you don't like that. Scream and holler. I, I don't. Woo! Men, women, boys, girls, still a fact of, of God's creation. When you detach yourself from God, you go into all sorts of irrationality. <clears throat> and just because you feel it, don't mean it's true, okay? Why'd I go there? Somebody need we all need to be speaking against this stuff today. In love with the gospel and grace and seeing people come to Christ. But a lot of the mess around us is because we've been silent all these years. All right, I'll move on. The spirit empowers us to grow through difficulty mostly. In joyful, loving obedience. The Spirit works through the Word to make us like Jesus. So here's what I want you to do on this part. Believe it. Believe that you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit of the living God through faith in Jesus which was a gift to you. You say, I don't feel it. I don't care. He doesn't say it's true if you feel it. (laughs) The resurrection of Christ proves it's true. What do you think changed your heart? You? a work of His grace. If you have any faith it's because He put it there. Any love for Jesus, He put it there. It's evidence of indwelling of the Spirit. The first fruit of the Spirit is what? Comfort? Love! You're indwelt. The same power that raised Him from the dead is in you. So secondly, aim at glory by depending upon the Spirit's power. And last, aim at glory, number three, by waiting on God's timing. A lot of us are perfectionists, aren't we? We have perfectionist tendencies. So when we don't do something perfectly, we get frustrated and we quit. We have to get over that. Because let me... Your wife or your husband knows this true, but I'll go ahead and tell you in case you don't know. You're not glorified yet. And you're not going to be glorified as long as you're walking on this earth. But you will be, if you know Jesus, you will be being sanctified. You will be putting off unrighteousness and putting on righteousness by the power of the Spirit through the Word until He comes again or you leave this depart this life to be with Him. So stop expecting perfection in yourself or in those around you. Kids, your parents are going to blow it. That's part of life. You know what? You're going to blow it too. Just confess it when you do. And forgive one another. But see, we need proper expectations. Glorification is coming, but it's not here yet. But sanctification is here. See, God has begun His work of grace in you. And listen, He will grow you in grace in this life. And the good news is, someday He'll finish the work that He started. It's His work. It's His work of grace. He begun it. He's doing it. And He'll finish it. He's working through means, and we have to partake of those, yes, in our sanctification. But Philippians 1.6, Paul said, I am sure of this. Don't you love it when Scripture speaks like that? I am sure of this, that He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at that day of Christ Jesus Christ. So you can can struggle in hope. You can can grow a little bit in hope every day. Even though you're not perfect because His throne is a throne of grace you can run to for forgiveness and mercy and power in your time of need. Be persistent in growing in Christ's likeness. And do it in hope knowing He's at work in you and He will finish His work. As Peter sums up his, his second letter, he says this, You, therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability. But, now watch this, present active indicative command, something we're to be continually doing, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory, both now now, And to the day of eternity. Amen. He gets the glory because He, Paul says in Philippians, is the one who works in us to will and to do according to His good pleasure. Is He working in you to will and to do according to His good pleasure? Do you have a desire for His Word? Do you love Jesus? I didn't say perfectly. I mean at all. Are you trusting in Christ and Christ alone? That's evidence that God is at work in you. If you don't have those things, it's not good news. God has sacrificed His Son and He calls everyone, He commands everyone. End of Acts 17, I'll let you go read it. He commands everyone to repent and trust in Jesus. See, in sanctification, perfection is not the standard, but growth is. We have been justified, we are being sanctified, and we will be glorified. And as we're being sanctified, Christ has prayed, sanctify them by your truth, your word is truth. And the more sanctified we are, the more we are living in glorifying God in all things. But listen, don't get up tomorrow and expect to be perfect. Just get up and expect to grow. If you'll, if you'll pour in where God draws you in, where He says to, he's, he's placed the buffet for you in His Word. If you'll go in there out of love for God, not trying to get Him to love you, but because He does love you if you'll read His Word and depend upon His Spirit, He will grow you. Don't look for feelings. Just let them come and go when they come and go, okay? If you're reading the Word to get a good feeling, the day you don't get a good feeling is the day you quit reading the Word. God never promised you good feelings every day. He promises us growth. So the third way we aim at glory is by having proper expectations, by having patience, waiting for perfection. So, quickly, application. Aim, I'm just rehearsing what we just went over, it won't take long. Aim at glory by by aiming at God's Word. By knowing it, by memorizing it, so you can meditate on it. And and you can take small bites, right? I'm not telling you you have to start by memorizing Romans. Maybe memorize John 3.16 and think about that during the day. You've got most of that done already, but just be hiding it in your heart. Aim at God's glory by knowing the Word, memorizing the Word, meditating on the Word, keeping it with joy because of His grace. This is not legalism I'm commanding. or Yeah, I am commanding you to do it. This is not legalism today. This is, this is the gracious Christian life that feeds on Christ through His Word and yes, through the supper as we do that. But listen, I want to ask you again, look at me and think about this. What are you aiming at? Are you intentionally, every morning when you get up, aiming at the glory of God? The target's not still there. There it is. And are you aim? We, we're not going to hit it all the time, but we don't, when we're shooting, we don't say, well, I'm not going to hit the bullseye all the time, so it don't matter where I shoot. Again, I don't want to go shooting with you. No, we aim. Are you aiming at God's glory? Are you seeking to live every day in joyful, loving relationship with God by trusting Him and trusting His Word and seeking to walk in it by the power of the Spirit. See, a lot of us are not aiming at anything. That's why we're hitting it every time. Are you aiming at being a more godly husband? Are you aiming at being a more godly wife? Are you aiming at being a more godly child or teenager or young adult? Are you aiming at glorifying God? Aim at His glory this year. Stop flying by the seat of your pants. In case you hadn't noticed, there are no wings back there. It just leads to a lot of painful skipping. And listen, Peter says, in response to His grace, and I'll let you go read it in 2 Peter 1.5, he says, make every effort to add to your faith. That's the Christian life—the one who's trusting and resting in God and in His grace in Christ, and therefore walking in His strength and plowing into growth. Make every effort to add to your faith Christ likeness, which is found in His Word. Okay. Make every effort to know and keep God's Word. Stay old Star Wars. Stay on target. Right. Stay on target. Rest in His grace daily. Read daily. Have you picked a plan? Do you have a plan? You say, no, I just want to kind of do what... Stop. Do you have a plan? Because that's what's going to get you through. There's nothing legalistic about having a plan. And some of us are not planners, but we still need to have a plan to read God's Word, okay? I live with my planner, but I still need to have my own plan to be reading God's Word. Have you picked a plan to read the Word this year? There's so many out there. You can go to our website and on the resources page you can find more than one and, and all that some of them require of you is one chapter a day. Pick a plan. Read God's Word. Start to know who He is. Pray daily into that reading. Aim at His glory through His Word. Number two, aim at His glory by depending upon His Spirit. No excuses. You have the power of the Holy Spirit if you're a Christian. If you're not finding that power at work in you, you may not be a believer. That's a good thing to know. Right? Aim at God's glory by depending on His Spirit. You have the power necessary to grow in grace if you will make use of the means He has given us. Probably a prayer in the Word. Right? Depend upon the power that is yours in Christ, the Holy Spirit. Know and grow in and aim at keeping God's Word. Because the same power that raised Him from the dead is at work in you. If you know Him. If you know Him. Are you trusting in Christ this morning? Number three. Aim at God's glory by waiting for perfection. Glorification is coming as surely as Christ was raised from the dead. Some of us get discouraged that we're not perfect and quit, and we need to stop that. We will still fall short. But remember, His throne is a throne of grace, and if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us, right? Remember your theology. And remember where you've trusted in Christ by God's grace. You've been united to Christ. Justification. You've been pardoned and cleansed from all of your sin and clothed in His righteousness. You've been accepted as a child of God. And now you are being sanctified. This is the time of growth that we live in if we're believers. Someday He'll finish the work. Someday He will finish the work. So wait in faith and press into growth out of love for God. Growth in joyful obedience to Jesus. Aim at glory and expect growth, not perfection. Confess failure and keep aiming. Don't give up. The more you grow, the more you know you need to grow. That's just kind of how it works. Right? John Piper was asked one time, said, what, what is it about the Christian life that, that frustrates you? And you know what he said? The exceeding slowness of my sanctification. But if we keep our eyes on Christ and we keep rested in His grace, we have the encouragement and the strength and power of the Holy Spirit to know that our effort is not wasted so we plow in, we grow in grace seeking to honor God out of love for Him. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. It is a process and it's a work of His grace. And He works in us to let go and let God. No. No. He works in us to make every effort to grow all the while depending fully on His grace. He puts a desire for Christ's likeness in every soul He saves. And He causes us to grow by aiming at His glory, by keeping His Word. Fundamental fact, to hit the bullseye, You have to be aiming at the target, yes, but you have to be aiming at the bullseye. And what I hope this message stirs you to do is get up every morning this year and draw back that bow at that bullseye. Aim at glorifying God that day. Be willing to put in the practice to grow in it. Aim at God's glory by aiming at joyfully keeping God's Word in the power of the Spirit with a patient persistence. Look at me. All of this was purchased for you by Christ. Live for Him. Glorify Him. Aim at His glory. Let me end with 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11. As each of us has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that, look, here it is, in everything, God may be glorified, the Father, through Jesus Christ the Son in the power of the Spirit. To Him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. To live is Christ. Let's pray. Lord, have mercy on us. And help us to be joyfully pressing into the first part of what we just confessed. That to live is Christ. To live is to live for you, Lord Jesus. To live is to grow in living like you in righteousness. To live is to have our hope fixed upon you. Knowing that you lived for us and died for us and was raised for us and you are reigning for us. You are coming again someday. And when you do, we will be like you. The work will be finished. We will be glorified and dwell with you in the new heavens and the new earth forever. But until then, we walk that pilgrimage of following you, trusting and resting in your grace, and help us, Lord, to aim at your glory. To aim at your glory by being filled with Your Word, to aim at Your glory by trusting in the Spirit, to aim at Your glory by being patient and faithful and repentant. Sanctify us by Your truth. Your Word is truth. Lord, I pray for those who are either listening to a recording or on the live stream or maybe in the building who who don't know You, who are not trusting and resting in You, who don't have assurance of salvation who maybe they would admit, I I just don't believe all this. I pray that you would work in their hearts repentance and faith. That your grace, that your word, that your spirit would apply your word in such a way as to humble the proud. That they might repent and trust you before they stand before you and have to give an answer. For those of us who know you, Lord, sanctify us grow us, revive us, help us to love You because You first loved us and to love Your Word, to see it as a feast of grace and to be in it and growing thereby so that we trust You and rest in You and grow in living for You and so that we are brighter and brighter lights in this dark world in which we live pointing people to this Lord Jesus Christ, this blessed and glorious King who has lived for us and died for us and ra- been raised from the grave, who is reigning for us and coming again someday. Build your church. Bless us to know, love, and honor you out of, because of your grace. It's in Jesus' holy name that we pray. Amen.